This is your Friday Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Glad to have you guys back again today. Good show coming up. Um, Before we get to that, um, reminder, State Fair today. I will be out there again talking to Timberwolves President of Basketball Operations, Tim Connolly, at 2 p.m. You guys should come join us at the Star Tribune stage. Had tons of fun on uh, on Thursday out there talking to Bill Guerin, the Wild General Manager, as well as Dan Winnesota, author of the new book, A Slap Shot in Time, about the uh, Minnesota Fighting Saints. I will play, actually, that Bill Guerin inter- for interview for you Today on today's show, we recorded that as part of a podcast segment as well. Garen was terrific, really honest about a lot of subjects, including you know the Kirill Kaprizov stuff over the summer, um, talking about where the team needs to improve, talking about you know, roster spots and what's in it for these young players trying to crack the lineup and what they're going to need to do. So really good conversation with Bill Garen. That will be coming up a little bit later on today's show. Um, and if you do miss, for some reason, if you're not at the State Fair at 2 p.m. today to hear me talk with uh, Tim Connolly. I will be using that interview as well on a show next week, so you can look forward to that. Also on today's show, we got to get to Chet Holmgren, out for the season, suffered an injury uh, playing in the, in the, the Pro-Am a couple days ago. Unfortunate uh, timing on that, unfortunate circumstances for that, unfortunate that he will miss the entire season. It puts a little bit of a damper, too, on the Timberwolves opener this season because they were going to face, of course, Chet Holmgren's new team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, but that will not be... They will still be playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, but Chet Holmgren will not be playing in that game, obviously. Um, so tough break there. Um, Torian Prince, Timberwolves forward, arrested. We'll get to that later in the show. But first, what did I miss you know, we spend a good amount of time on daily delivery, kind of, you know, going big picture on a lot of the biggest teams in this market. Vikings and Twins don't get any bigger than those two in Minnesota sports. I want to go a little bit smaller picture, though, on both of those teams with a couple of kind of fringe moves that caught my eye on Thursday. Um, let's start with the Vikings, who. You know, again, they're they're kind of working through their roster cuts. I believe by Tuesday next week they have to be down to 53 players. They've got their final preseason game this weekend um, to, to kind of assess the rest of these guys against Denver. But one thing they did do on Thursday was made a decision about their punter. They decided to um, cut Jordan Berry, the the punter they had last season, and kept Ryan Wright, an undrafted rookie. Uh, who had been competing with Jordan Berry all summer long. And this may be a little bit of a surprise move just because Jordan Berry seemed to be having a decent enough camp, seemed to be the holdover, um, you know, played last season, had a certain amount of chemistry, um, you know, in, in the kicking game. And the biggest thing to me, you know, working on the fringes here, is that he has been the holder for Greg Joseph. He was Greg Joseph's holder last season when Joseph had a pretty good year and he's been you know he has that chemistry with Greg Joseph now you're bringing in you know not just a new punter but a new holder um you know for the third consecutive season and that to me you know is it's an interesting decision especially at this point especially with how well Greg Joseph has been kicking in camp 
Whenever I think about something like this, I think about conversations I've had with former Vikings kicker Ryan Longwell, who's made a podcast appearance. I've talked to him at various points over the years during Vikings kicking struggles, which means I've talked to him more than once. And I talked to him um, last summer, I believe it was sometime in May last year, I know March last year, um, when you know when when we were talking about the Vikings and just trying to get to the bottom of their kicking carousel, they had released Vikings. They had released Dan Bailey um, in March of 2021, uh, which led eventually led them to Greg Joseph, which had, which turned out to be a pretty good move. It looks like. Um, but you know, one of the biggest things that Ryan Longwell always talks about is consistency with the holder and the snapper, saying you know that was a big deal to him. He only had one snapper for nine years in Green Bay. When he was with the Vikings, he only had one holder and one um, one snapper. That was Cullen Leffler and uh, Chris Cluey for all six of his seasons. You know, and he explains it, you know, just stability being a big thing and how a kicker not having that stability, it can be a big deal. Now, Greg Joseph hasn't had a ton of stability. He was only here one year. Jordan Berry was that holder one year. So it's not necessarily like you're blowing up something that's been going on years and years. But they did have that chemistry from last season. Um, and he says, you know, having a solid kicking game is, you know, he said it's this is something he said in 2021. It's not something you have to worry about. That's a bigger factor than anyone will admit to. Your kicking game can steal you wins that can take a so-so team and make them better than they should be. You can take a great team and help them steal games where they lay an egg. If you don't have it, everyone is tight. The coach is tight. The GM is tight. Players play tight. He said, if it was me, I would find a snapper and a holder and a kicker and a six-year plan. Um, so maybe that's what the Vikings are trying to do right here because, you know, obviously Joseph is young. Um, the, the new, the new punter they're bringing in, Wright is young. And at least I am heartened by the fact that new special teams coach Matt Daniels appears to be thinking about this because they were asked, uh, he was asked if coaches were, you know, how much the, how much long snapper, how much, how much holder in this, in this case factored into the decision on the punter and he said a lot he said that's something we're very critical about in conversations we have with Greg because we want to know what his opinion is obviously there's a chemistry with him and Jordan Berry just because of their time on task right they've been doing it more but he is comfortable with Ryan Wright as well it should be noted that Joseph made all six of his kicks in practice on Thursday with Wright as his holder so this probably is a non-issue, but something to think about as you think about the Vikings kicking game, because Joseph has been lights out in camp all year, it sounds like, and now you're making a making a decision, not necessarily one that's better than the other, but you are making a decision now with someone who has less experience with Greg Joseph in the kicking game. So I want to see how that plays out, if there's anything to that as a factor going forward. The other move on the fringe I want to talk about is with the Twins. I, I I just I don't have the heart to talk a whole lot about Thursday's six-three loss to the Astros, which, um, you know, it was you know one game after Rocco Baldelli, Rocco Baldelli talked to the team about you know playing loose, playing you know with that with zero cares uh, was the the cleaned up version of of his quote. Um, you know, I don't know if there was much of a difference, though, in Thursday's game. They lose 6-3, same result they've been having lately, same result they've had all year against the Astros. That's 0-6 against the Astros this season. That's 0-6 in their last six games on the year. Um, so I want to talk about a fringe move they made to sign outfielder Billy Hamilton, um, 31-year-old veteran, speedy guy. 
Um, my question is, why Why now? Why not sign Billy Hamilton earlier? You already knew you were having outfield depth problems even before Byron Buxton got hurt. And it's not like Billy Hamilton is some great prize anymore. He's, you know, he, he went one for 13 with in his stint with Miami earlier this year. He was released, um, you know, waived and then chose free agency like, you know, a little over about two weeks ago and, you know, entered free agency about 10 days ago. But, you know, Byron Buxton got hurt Monday, right? Um, why are we just getting to this move now? Why, why not shore up outfield a little sooner or attempt to? Now, it sounds like he's going to go to Class A Fort Myers. The Twins are going to look at how ready he is to play. Um, you know, a guy who potentially could help them. He's a switch hitter. Um, Rocco Baldelli said this about him. I know, if I, I know I've enjoyed watching him play for a few years. I'm glad we have him. He's an experienced veteran player. If he's looking good and becomes an option, if everything else goes smoothly, then having him active is probably a conversation topic at that point. Um, so my, my, I guess my bigger question is why not make an upgrade earlier than right now? Why, why go into the Houston series shorthanded in the outfield where you're playing a whole bunch of players out of position, converted infielders, um, you know, guys who don't have much of a track record in the first place. Not like Billy Hamilton is some kind of savior, but why not, you know, why now? Why why wait to this point in the season to address this? Why not try to do this a little bit sooner is my big picture takeaway from that. So we'll see if any of this matters. We'll see if anything can get going with the Twins, who are still four back. They, Cleveland did lose on Thursday as well, so still just... Four games back, but still just one game over 500 now. If you're spending so much of the year um, way above that mark, so they got to get this thing turned around quickly. Not saying Billy Hamilton is the answer, but I am saying why not make an upgrade sooner rather than now? MGM Wine and Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, premixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineAndSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine and Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. That's a big teddy bear right there, that blue one. Good luck lugging that thing around all day. Yeah, it is. All right, guys, you guys having fun at the fair today? Still a good crowd. Woo! Yeah, got some moves out there. I'm Michael Rand from the Star Tribune. Got Bill yeah. Guerin, Wild General Manager. If you guys want a little hockey talk right now, I'm told, too, that the new uh, lip balm comes out at 3 o'clock, so that's also very exciting. But Bill Guerin is a bigger attraction than that. Bill, how you doing? The lip balm. New lip balm. It's kind of the Star Tribune thing. Like we do a different flavor lip balm every year, and this year it's blueberry pancakes. Oh, wow. Do you like one, of my, one of my daughters like collects it. Like she loves it, so I might have to stick around and grab. Stick one. around. Well, I, I bet someone can get you one. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little <laughs> okay. bit uh, before three. I don't know. We don't you got a guy. special favors. Uh, special favors. But uh, Bill, how you doing? You enjoying yourself today? I love the state fair. Yeah. I do. I really do. I um, we come every year. I'll, I mean, I've been here for three years, but we come every year. Love the food. Love the beer. Love everything about it. It's it's awesome. It's good to it's good to see it full again too. Um, my favorite foods are Pronto Pups. I love those. Can't go wrong. Yeah, and it's just, but everything, everything's good. Speaking of love, Bill, what do you love about your team this year? Because you're coming off of two straight trips to the playoffs. Um, a lot of optimism, I would think, but also plenty to, you know, plenty to prove this year in the same vein. So, how, how are you approaching this year? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're 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 exactly right. We're coming off two 
two strong regular seasons. Um, you know, I'm excited because we're bringing back pretty much the full team. Yeah. Um, I know we had to get rid of Kevin Fiala this year for salary cap purposes, but um, I'm excited to be bringing the, the guys back. I'm excited that there's an open spot for a younger player. I'm excited that, um, you know, we, we've got Marc-Andre Fleury coming back. Um, the coaches are excited. Everybody's going to be rejuvenated and ready to go. There's a couple guys that need to get healthy, but, um, you know, that just opens up other opportunity for guys. And uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about. We can build off of what, what we did last year. Um, you know, hey, look, the, 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 the first round exit from the playoffs wasn't what everybody anticipated, but, you know, that happens and, and our team's still learning. So, uh, you know, see what we have learned see how we can get better and uh you know it's it's uh it's an exciting time i'm glad you mentioned mark andre fleur i've got a few different things i want to ask you along you know playoff lines and kind of how you get that experience but that's a guy who's won three stanley cups obviously you bring him in in the towards the end of last season you, you had some stability with goalie with cam talbot here with with kakinen but you you make a change and you, you bring in a guy like that, what, what, what kind of credibility does he bring you? What kind of you know, skill set does he bring you as you try to kind of get to the next level? Well, I, I think it's instant credibility just for the things that you, you mentioned. I mean, he's a three-time Stanley Cup winner. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, he's still one of the top goalies in the league. He's two years removed from a Vesna Trophy. Um, he wants to be here. Um, you know, in talking with him and his agent, they, they were very focused on coming back to Minnesota. Yeah, and that to me is very important. Um, but I, I, I do think that you know when when he walks through the locker room, when he when he puts his gear on, when he gets ready, everybody knows that he means business, and it's it's good for our young players to see. We have another young goalie in Philip Gustafson, and he's going to learn a lot under Flower. Yeah, um, and just the way you know a Stanley Cup a Hall of Fame player carries himself and prepares and and you know, how he treats other people. All that stuff is something for all of our players to, to look at and learn from. You mentioned, you know, some roster spots, some you know, top top six spots, potentially top nine spots up for grabs this year because of the Kevin Fiala trade, because you are, you know, looking for young players to, to jump into those roles. When you're thinking about guys like that, talent obviously trumps a lot of things. But what are some of the other attributes a young player needs to bring to you know, to be able to stick in this league and to be you know one of those key contributors, kind of like what what Boldy did for you last year. Yeah, I think you know what something that that young players have to do, and I, I a lot of a lot of kids, especially nowadays, have a hard time figuring it out that you're not going to be given a job. You have to you have to see where the opening is in the lineup and take it. You know what? There's a there's a certain spot in our lineup that is open, and it's third line left wing, and somebody's got to go and take that. You know okay. what, Marco Rossi. For our third or fourth line center spot, has got to take it. You know what? He can't just come in expecting to to be given that spot. He's got to earn it. And I that's what I'm looking for for all from all of our young players. You know what? Whether you're hey look if you're not you know normally a a, a power play scorer, well you know what? we actually have those guys. Yeah. So you need to fill a role. You need to give us something that we don't have. And if that means you know biting your lip and playing on the third line for a couple of years and do it and and grab that spot you know we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna trade Kirill Kaprizov or take him off the power play or Matt Zuccarello I hope you to, don't no to make to make room for 
a kid. So if you're a kid, if you're a younger player, come in and take a spot and take the open spot that's there. Kick the door in. Is that messaging, how, how is that received? Is it di- received differently from different players? Or do you feel like young players can embrace that kind of across the board? They better embrace it okay? because that's the way it is. And it's a, that's the way it is here. That's the way it is in L.A. and Boston and Montreal and Florida. That's, that's the business that we're in. You have, to, you have to take a job. Glenn Sather used to always say, if you can take Wayne Gretzky's job, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Nobody ever could. Nobody ever could, right. But, like, that, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, of course, you know, first-round picks are probably going to get an extra look. They're probably going to get maybe a little more opportunity right off the hop. But, hey, we're, we're, here to, we're here to win. We're here to compete for a Stanley Cup. We can't just be worrying about you know, feelings are feelings, and we, we really take really good play of our, care of our players, but we want to win, too. Yeah, everybody does. If you, if you guys are just stopping by, Bill Guerin, Wild General Manager. Um, I'm Michael Rand, obviously from the Star Tribune. We're at the Star Tribune stage. Um, Bill, you talked about the playoffs. Um, you guys were you know, close two years ago, close last season. Those are both, you know, series that can go either way. You've seen those series from a lot of different lenses as a player as a you know as now as a general manager a couple things along those lines one how do you kind of how do you know kind of when you're ready to take that next step and even within a series do you feel kind of that momentum and and kind of when one team is ready to grab it versus the other uh well i i always feel like we're ready to take a step i feel like you always have to take a step um, the second part of your question is, do you, do you feel that getting taken over? Yeah, you do. And I, I feel like we, I feel like we, um, we let it go in game four. Yeah. And that was, I think, an experience type thing where, you know what, they lost, I, I think they were out without three of their top six defensemen, uh, you know, to start the game. Then they lost another defenseman. So they were down to five. And we broke away from our game plan. And they stuck with theirs. And with a depleted defensive core, they beat us. And that's something where if we stuck with our game plan, there's no way they would have beat us. And that's a mental thing. So that's something that we definitely have to learn from and get better at. And, you know, I think, you know, with a relatively uh, young team and experience, playoff experience, that's something that we will get better at. And I know our coaches uh, feel the same way, and that's that's something that's going to be worked on during the regular season. Another thing that was big in the playoffs last season, it was a storyline even before that, was special teams play, power play, um, penalty kill. And that, that told a lot of the story in that series. If you have a lot of the same personnel, how do you get better in those areas? Well, I, I think we have the personnel to do it because we've done it for stretches, but it's got to be more consistent. Um, you know, I, I think... I think we can all help. I think our coaching staff needs to be better. I think our players need to be more consistent and listen to the coaches. Um, rather than just go off and do your own thing, it's got to be something that we work on on a daily basis. You're, you're right. Our special teams hurt us, and there's no excuse for that, um, especially at that time of year. But you do see what happens if you're not on top of it, yeah. and it's not good. How do you watch games? Are you – 
<laughs> watching through a critical lens? Are you watching in a excited, frustrated? I just want to know what the, what's the Bill Guerin All the watching experience, especially when it, it's elevated like the playoffs. No, I you know, I, I really try to uh, keep my my emotions in check. I am an emotional guy, but um, you know, I'm not the you know, I'm not gonna I'm not the the temper tantrum. Well, maybe once or twice. <laughs> um, I try to be fair to the players. Um, I watch from pretty high up in the in the arenas, yeah. and it's really, I I always say it's an unfair assessment of the game, really. So I I try to take it with a grain of salt, um, knowing that the players are are working hard, they're doing their best, they're competing. And you know what? I don't even go down to the coach's room after the game anymore okay. yeah. because it was it's too emotional and there were too many negative things that would happen. Now I go home. Dean calls me an hour after the game. We have a good, calm talk. Okay. And then we'll I let them watch the video, and then we reassess in the morning. And I just feel that that's more, uh, more effective. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but, yeah, hey, look, I'm just like anybody else. I get I – get, I get upset at certain times, but I really try to, try to take it with a grain of salt and always remind myself that I was sitting there at one point in time. I was doing that. I wouldn't like it if my GM said this about me yeah. or criticized me like that without really watching. So I really try to be fair to the players and the coaches. Are you saying unfair because when you're watching from high up, you're seeing every little thing when you're on the ice. It's like uh, it's, it's not micro it's, so much. It's literally like slow motion from up there, and you can see all – you know, like it's a it's a bird's eye view, and it looks like, you know, little ants moving around. Yeah, it does. You can see all the 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 holes on the power play or the penalty kill, and but then when you if you if you if you watch up there for a period, and let's say you, then you move down yeah. to a lower seat, boy, totally it changes different. real quick. Totally it, different. The speed it, changes. There's too. no time. There's no space. The, what you see up top really isn't there. So that's what I mean. I, I really try to be tried to be fair to everybody involved and not be too critical until the following morning <laughs> and then and then you can and then, uh, can, then you yeah. look at let loose under 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 you know cooler heads and constructive feedback yeah yeah constructive I, feedback i think that's the way to go because you know what dino and i had a a, a really bad blow up after a game uh yeah, last year, early last year, and, you know, we both felt terrible about it, and we met about it, and I'm just like, you know what, this isn't good. Like, this isn't good for our relationship. Yeah. It's not good for our team. It was two years ago. Okay. And uh, I just said, you know what, I'm not coming down anymore. I'm like, you good with that? And he's like, yeah, yeah. That. So then, you know what, after he addresses the team, does the media, you know, he has two old duels, <laughs> and then I'm on my ride home, and then the phone rings, and it's him. And we have these great conversations that are really constructive. I just feel we get more out of it. I like it. Um, Bill, i got to ask you, we feel, it feels a long time ago that we were worried about Kirill Kaprizov being able to get back in the United States. I want to know, how, what was that process like? How, how nervous were you as that was unfolding? I was really nervous. I was. And, you know, like I've said before, it wasn't a hockey issue. Um, of course, we all want Kirill playing for our team. It was a human issue. Um, you know, Kirill's one of us. You know, he, he's a, a fantastic hockey player and an even better person. And just wanted to make sure that he was safe um, and his family was safe and he was going to be okay. And, you know, just 
not having control of the situation, not really knowing what was going on, trying to get all the information. It, it was pretty nerve-wracking, and like I said, it was it was something that we were we were re- really worried about him. Yeah, and uh, we're just we're thankful that he's here and he's okay, and you know his family's doing great back home, and uh, yeah, it's just it's good to have him here. I see a fan with the uh, Dalla Dalla Bill Kirill shirt down nice. here. I like it. Um, Same flow, too. He does. It, I mean, Take your hat off. Nice. That is, that's some I good like flow. That's He's a, got some really that's, good flow. That's all hockey hair material right there. Yeah. Um, obviously, what we've seen from him in his first two years is, I mean, it speaks for itself. It's What other gear does he have in his game? Where, where else, where can this go with him individually and his ability to we saw some in the playoffs just carry a team at certain stretches i I think there's quite a bit of growth that that is going to happen it's scary to say but it's only his second year in the league and you know he he did what he did he's he's only going to get better um you know i always said i'd love a I'd love a 40-year-old brain and 20-year-old legs because <laughs> yeah. when you're figuring out the league, you, you just get smarter and smarter, and you figure it out as you go along. And I, I just I really think the sky's the limit for this kid. He's he's special. He is a bona fide superstar. Yeah. yeah he, those don't come up. I mean, he's, I mean, if we're being honest, and I, this franchise has had a lot of really good players, I don't know if they've had a superstar. Nothing like him. Nothing like him. With all due respect to everybody else. I think they'll all, all admit it. Nothing like this guy. No. Bill Guerin, a couple more things for you. Really enjoying this conversation out at the fair. I know you've got other things to get to. I know you've got probably things to eat, things to, things to do. Things Everybody to eat, things to drink. I'm actually going to Spain tomorrow with Are my Are you really? Wife. Yeah. Enjoy we're going, that. We're going for a week. So uh, Whereabouts? We're going to Madrid and Barcelona. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I know we're just going to eat and drink over there. So what do you do the day before? You come to the fair. Come to the fair, eat and drink at the fair too. I'm getting started early. You are. Well, I mean, once you get back, I suppose it's going to be mostly business because camp starts up and not too terribly long. We start getting into the fall and then off we go. I mean, as as we think about the next level, how do you, how do you kind of, I feel like there's this kind of all or nothing mentality that exists in sports right now, or if you didn't win a championship, it's some kind of failure or you you didn't you know if you didn't get to the top you 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 know not that you're ashamed of it but that there's this kind of all or nothing mentality that happens in fandom these days how do you kind of balance incremental progress with wanting more at a certain point and you know not being you know not settling for a certain level of success either I, i i think you have to assess where you truly are um you know for me I, I think it's all about expectation levels, like things like accountability, your professionalism, and your, your, your commitment to winning. Yeah. Only one team's going to win. But we want to make sure we put ourselves in a position to win each and every year. And you know what? If it's not, if it's not with talent or, you know, we've got these incredible cap hits, whatever, I don't care. It's all about our attitude, how we approach a game, how we compete, and we expect to win. You know, and whether that happens this year or next year or whatever, we don't know. But if we don't think like that, I can guarantee you one thing, that we won't win. So that's my expect- expectation level for each and every guy coming into camp saying we can win. 
Sounds like a good way to go into the season. Bill Guerin really yeah. enjoyed our visit here on the Star Tribune stage. Bill, enjoy the rest of your time at the fair. Enjoy Spain. That sounds amazing. And uh, good luck this season. Muchas gracias. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Bill Guerin, Wild General Manager. Really appreciate just Bill Guerin's honesty, his directness in answering questions, just being willing to you know, address the things that we could all see, how the, how the special teams hurt the team last season, how, you know, how other factors... Um, with with the younger players this season, will will play into the roster. He strikes me as someone who is pretty uh, steadfast in his decisions when he makes decisions. Um, you know, the Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi buyouts being a good example of that. You know, a couple summers ago. Um, you know, when he when he's when he knows how he wants to proceed, there is very little. Um, very little uh, to left to the imagination. He he will let you know where you stand, and you can't ask for a whole lot more than that. So hope you enjoyed that conversation, and uh, should be a good one coming up at the fair again today with Tim Connolly from the Timberwolves. Let's finish with the cooler. Like I said, a couple news items out of the NBA. Torian Prince, Timberwolves forward, arrested in uh, in Miami at the airport on Thursday. Our Chris Hine reporting that it was on a fugitive out-of-state warrant from Texas. Now, Prince is a Texas native from San Antonio, went to college at Baylor. We don't know exactly what is going on with this situation. Neither do the Wolves, it appears, because they put out a very brief statement that just said, we are aware of the alleged report regarding Torian Prince and are in the process of gathering more information. That's a pretty boilerplate statement for a team that's you know, did not probably see this coming. They had just signed Prince to a two-year, $16 million contract this offseason, so it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with this as we go forward. But obviously, yes, gathering more information will probably shed more light on this. Unfortunate situation, too, with Chet Holmgren. The uh, number two overall pick in the draft is going to miss the entire season with a Foot injury, uh, injured as his right foot um, in the uh, in the cro- crossover pro am event. That's Jamal Crawford's event. He was defending LeBron James on a fast break um, and hurt his foot. Um, and so basically, they're saying um, Thunder saying this should be a full recovery after this season. But you know, you talk about big guys with foot injuries, and you start to worry about recurrence and things like that. So hopefully Chet Holmgren, the uh, outstanding Mini Haha Academy product, will heal up, get better, and be ready to go next year. But disappointed that there will be a delay at the start of his NBA career of a full season. That'll do it for today for me. Um, good shows coming up next week as well. We're starting to get busy, starting to get to be that time again. So we'll have all sorts of good stuff next week, including that Tim Connolly interview that I'm doing at the fair at 2 p.m. today. Have a great, great weekend. Be back at it again on Monday.